A couple of weeks ago, before I did the messages on the Passover, I spoke about uh, the coming move of God. Long before the waves hit the shore, the dynamics are created that cause it to start in the first place. If you're on the beach, you can look out toward the horizon and you can just see something building there. And that is what it's like in our nation now. I want you to know God is at work. The poem is prophetic. The first part of this message was about the reality of the unseen world that we need to understand. And everything that is seen came from the realm of the unseen. And I did that little bit of a demonstration where God spoke the word and what is seen became seen. Everything that is seen comes from the unseen realm. That's Hebrews 11, chapter 3. And in Revelation chapter 4, the Spirit of the Lord spoke to John and said, come up here and I'm going to show you what is going to happen shortly. And each one of us, we need to continually reposition ourselves and learn how to respond to that invitation of the Holy Spirit to come up here. Before I go on with the message, I'm going to speak about the raising of a Romans 8 company. Because this is what the new move, the next move of God is like. But before we start, could we all stand and just pray? Thank you. Very good. Great to have you all with us, particularly Pastor Steve and his mum and daughter Amy. Really wonderful to have you here this morning. Father, we thank you for the year that we're in. We thank you for this day, 11th of April, 2021 and father you are doing something in the earth as you already are, always are father i pray lord god that we would all be tuned to you lord god that we would be on your frequency the frequency of heaven lord i pray father that we would not be distracted during this time that our minds and our hearts would be set on you Father, I thank you that you are raising up during this generation, during this time, right across the earth, a Romans 8 company, a special people, a set-apart people that you are ordaining and preparing for a holy use. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name. Please take a seat. So something is God's doing something. And uh, a lot of people haven't recognised it, like uh, that wave. You know, sometimes you see it out there and it's on its way, but you don't really see it. But I really do believe that God's raising a Romans 8 company. Can you say this after me this morning? We are part of what God's doing in the earth. God's raising up a people. In cities right across the land. God is doing something in our city. And I am part of that move. God is raising up a Romans 8 company of people. And he is enlisting me this morning. In Jesus' name. Now let me unpack what you just said because you just made a commitment. Romans 7 is very much about the reality and the nature of sin. Over the last couple of weeks, we talked about the Passover. I hope you really got something out of those Passover messages. And it talks about the problem of sin. And it talks about how from the beginning, God made a provision to sort that problem out. But the issue this morning is that we have a sin nature and Romans 7 is very much about that. And Paul, in his writings, he said that uh, the things that I, I, I don't want to do, those things that I do. And here he is, an apostle, a father to the church, and yet he is acknowledging that he has a sin nature. We all do. We all have a sin nature and the human problem is sin. So we can become very conscious of our own failings 
and we can become very conscious of our own sin. But Romans 8 moves into another gear because Romans 7 is about the problem, but Romans 8 is about the answer. Romans 8, Romans 8 shows us how to win because Christ won for us. It starts off by saying this, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus who do not walk according to the flesh but according to the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free. Say that after me, has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin, he condemns sin in the flesh that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh but according to the Spirit. Romans 8 shows us how to win because Christ win won for us. There are two laws at work in our life. One of them is the law of sin and death. And one of them is called the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. And this morning, God is calling us to learn how to live under the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. So when we begin to pick up what Romans 8 is all about, and we begin to, live to learn to live out of Romans 8, we can live, you know, we will make mistakes, we'll have our challenges, we'll have our failings and fallings, but continually we can flick that switch and we can come back to a place of living in the Spirit. God is looking for a people that know how to walk in the Spirit, know how to manifest the fruit of the Spirit, and know how to live in the Spirit. And God's calling us there this morning. While we are born with a sin nature, we can choose to live in victory over our old nature by continually choosing to activate the law of the spirit of life. Every day we can choose to activate the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. We have a sin nature, but we are not called to give in to it. We are not called to surrender to it. Because the Bible says that we are partakers of a divine nature. And as we learn to follow God and to follow him more closely, we can continually to overrule that law. Because we are now living under a transcending law of the Spirit. This is good news for you. Amen? We, we, uh, we shouldn't be negative or fearful about life. We should not continually feel like we are failing, although the Scripture says we might fall, and we might fall again, and we might fall again. We keep coming back to God, and we keep applying this law to our life. So you have two gra gravities. This is a good picture of how this works. You have a law of gravity, and then you have the, law, the, the laws of aerodynamics, and when the laws of aerodynamics are applied, the laws of aerodynamics will transcend, say that, they will transcend the laws of gravity. And that's how incredible, you know, aircraft that weighs tons and tons is able to defy the laws of gravity because there is a transcending law. Now, there is the law of the spirit, the law of the... Uh, of sin and death, which basically means when we sin, we break God's law and sin is the result. But there is a transcending law for the sons and daughters of God and that is the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus that has set me free from the law of sin and death. So we don't have to live under that law again. Amen? But plenty of us do because we haven't learned how to apply the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus on a continual basis. 
So I want to help you with that this morning because part of this new move, this next move is going to be the raising of a Romans 8 company. When I went to ministry school, which is back in 1988, I remembered, I memorized a couple of chapters of the Bible. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, I memorized the full chapter, and Romans 8, I memorized the full chapter. And I'll tell you why. Because God wants us to live by the Spirit. He doesn't want to live according to us to live according to the dictates of the flesh. God wants us to rise above that. He wants us to break through. Amen? He wants us to come to the next level. And the next level is for us to manifest the characteristics of this Romans 8 company. So while we're born with a sin nature, we can choose continually to live in victory over our old nature by continually choosing to activate the law of the spirit of life. Do you know this morning as I'm encouraging you in prayer, in worship, to come further, there is a reason why I'm doing that. Because you don't know what is possible until you experience. And when we begin to worship and go further than our own mind, we are beginning to activate the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Do you know we are called to worship? We are actually born to worship. In fact, the scripture talks about, you know, if... if people weren't worshipping, that God would even raise up stones to worship him. So one of the most important acts that we can get involved in corporately as a church is worship. And we need to learn to transcend in worship, to go higher in worship, to come further in worship. So worship is not something that you just observe. Church is not a spectator sport. It's not something where you, you know, the, the people on the platform do the worship and we observe. This is where we need to get involved in worship in our homes. You know, by the time you bring your church, your, your kids to church and, and try and encourage them to get involved in worship there, that is actually probably a week too late. We need to be able to, in our home, create a way to train our children how to approach God. And this is where, as a leader, one of my first priorities as a leader, obviously, is to bring the Word and to be accurate with that as much as possible. But the next priority is to teach every family how to approach God in prayer and how to approach God in worship. Because there is an experience in God that is beyond the veil. And you know, the church of this generation has stopped on the wrong side of the veil. And God wants us to pass through the veil of our flesh and come to that place in the Spirit. This morning... Let us determine in our hearts that we are not just going to be an average church. We are not just going to be a natural church. Do you know what? There's a lot of things that we will do that are very natural. Next Saturday, we'll have a barbecue. Absolutely fantastic. These are the natural things because, you know, there needs to be this real connection. Do do you know what? I don't believe that God has called us to become some kind of freaky people and freaky church. But God has called us to be natural. And not only that, God has called us to be supernatural. In other words, the closer you come to God, God will give you the most inspirational, natural ways to reach out. It's like out of the abundance of your heart. It's like when we are in prayer and we have uh, done exactly what we're talking about, we have learned to transcend in prayer, we just walk out onto the street and we connect in such a natural way. Why? Because God has done something on the inside. 
God is wanting to raise us up to be a Romans 8 company. Now, somebody this week says, well, what sort of church is it, that church at the stables? You can say, well, I guess you could describe them like this. They're a Romans 8 company. And they go, say what? And there you've got the whole thing. Well, let me tell you what that actually means. I'm going to tell you this morning. Because I believe that God is about ready to do something. I believe that there is a move of God that is going to hit the nations of the earth so incredibly dramatically during this time. And I really believe that churches that have chosen to become part of this Romans 8 company are going to be like the sharp end of the axe. And God is going to use them. And see, we've got to come to that place. In Romans, sorry, in Revelation chapter 4, the Spirit of the Lord spoke to John on the Isle of Patmos and said, Come up here. Because, see, down here is where the law of sin and death operates. But now God's calling us up. He's calling us up. He's calling us further. He's calling us in deeper. Do you know what? This morning I could just see, you know, as we were worshipping, I could see where God wanted to take us. And, you know, uh, please don't ever think that, uh, you know, I'm trying to bully you into the presence of God or anything. Well, actually, I probably am. Because I know that when you come across that line, that line between the soul and the spirit, you actually enter into the presence. It's like you get out of bed on a Sunday morning and you feel, oh gosh, church. But do you know what the Bible says? I will enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart. I will enter his courts with praise. So there is like a progressive step that you can apply to your life when you get up in the morning. Father, I thank you, Lord God, that I am going to go and join with my brothers and sisters today. You just entered his presence. You just entered his gates. This is where if you get up and you've got a lousy, filthy attitude, deal with it in the shower. Amen? Anyway, that's another message we can talk about. Anyway, back to the message so I can get you back on track. While we're born with a sin nature, we're all born with a sin nature. None of us are any better than the rest of us. Amen? None of us are any better than the rest of us. We're all born with this thing. Sin nature. Some of us have been blessed with, uh, you know, uh, positions in life uh, that are very good and others not so good, doesn't really matter because at the end of the day, we all have the same nature on the inside. It's called a sin nature. And what a sin nature is, it's what the flesh wants to do. Because the flesh wants to live like God is not there. But the spirit on the inside, once it is born again, once the spirit on the inside is reborn, our spirit is born again and longs to relate to the Spirit of God. And this is a beautiful thing. This is what it means to be born again. I remember when it happened. I remember how it happened. Here are some thoughts about this that are going to help us to become that Romans 8 company. Now, before I go further, who wants to be part of that? Yeah? Who really wants to be part of that? I really want to be part of that. You know, um, God called me to the church to, to, uh, for the ministry, and I never just wanted to settle on the outside. I want to go further. And I believe that in this time that we're entering into, those who choose to go further than they ever have before are going to experience incredible benefits. If you choose to go further this year than you ever have before, if you, if you choose to dig deeper, you're going to experience incredible blessing and you're going to see the reality of God. 
On Sunday morning when we come, let me lead you further. Let our team lead you further because we want to take you beyond the veil. Um, just before I launch out about this area of worship, I've found that worship, because we, are, we live in the flesh, worship is not always something that we just do spontaneously. And, you know, this is where we've got to work with one another and allow ourselves to be trained really how to cross over. You know, I, uh, I have found a place in the presence of God where my life works and I operate from that place now. But I have found that on the way through, I needed people who could show me how. And these ones became like the fathers of the faith and the mothers of the faith to me, who said, Brian, this is what you need to do. And I'm sure Pastor Steve would know exactly what I'm talking about where people, men and women of faith have opened up a pathway for me so that I could enter in. And this is where on Sunday morning, I want you to treat the time that we are together on Sunday morning as holy because people are opening a pathway for you. So just being on time is important. You know, just learning to respond to the leaders is important. Uh, you know, sometimes you can look around, I like to get, you know, and just see what's going on and see how people are at. It's not a time in the morning to be on your phone checking out whether you won at the dogs last night. <laughs> it's not the time to be doing that. It's time to be pressing in and it's time we are coming to focus on God. Because you see, this Romans 8 company, they are very much, they're going to be very much like the ones that were in the upper room, who were gathered in one place and in one accord. They're in unity. They're on the job. They were looking for something. They understood the promises of the word. They understood the times and seasons. They'd been through the time of Passover, and this is why... Over the last couple of weeks, I took time out to teach about that. And they knew that Pentecost was coming. And there was 50 days between Passover and Pentecost. And that is a period where people gave thanks with expectation. I think they call that the Shavuot. Where it is this season where they gave, they made offerings and they thanked God with great expectation because... On the time of Pentecost, Pentecost meant the fullness of harvest. God was going to do something. And on the first Pentecost in the upper room, it was a different kind of harvest. It was a harvest of souls. And this is how the church age began, with great move of the Spirit like that. And you know what? We are now sort of at the end of the church age, and the kingdom age is coming to us. I don't know exactly where we are and all that, but this is how I understand it. And there is a battle of the ages. But God's raising up a people who are able to deal with that because the greatest strategy of the enemy is to activate your sin nature. If he can get you doing the wrong thing, hanging around with the wrong people, uh, if he can disconnect you, He's got you in a space where he can come in for the kill. And this is where the scripture says, don't forsake the gathering together as is the manner of some, especially as you see the day coming, because you've got to connect with your brothers and sisters. Get connected, be connected, be on time, be accurate, be there. You know, be part of it. Be open, be transparent, because we're going to need one another in the days ahead. Do you know what? The, the secular movement is just gathering strength. It's just starting. We ain't seen nothing yet. But on the other hand, the enemy, he knows that his time is short because the church of the living God is rising. There is a Romans 8 company that's rising on the earth 
And I'm like a, I don't know what I am in that, I'm like a captain or a general or something. You know, God's called me there and I know my job, I know what I've got to do and this is it. So I hope I'm a blessing to you because what I want to do is I want to take you further. I want to see you come further. I want to see your children come further. I want to see your children secure in the kingdom. And this is where we've got to understand the reality of the spirit world. The unseen realm is so real. You know, and that's why I preached that message about three weeks ago. The unseen realm. The room is full of radio waves. Goodness knows how many radio stations are going through here. You know, I, I heard of one man preaching, and I know that preachers can sort of stretch the truth just a little bit but I heard of one place in Los Angeles where there's so many radio waves that people with braces on their teeth were picking up vibrations you know the point is is the reality is is this room is full of activity radio waves human spirits your human spirits there are demon spirits that are around and there is this, you know, there is the angelic host that is in the church this morning. And this is where I want to lead you further because I have this strong sense that when you really allow me and our team to lead you further, that the angels come in to join us. In the last few Sunday mornings I've experienced that that awareness. But between now and Pentecost, I want us to set ourselves aside and get ready and start to talk to one another about it and start to talk to our children because something can happen if we tune in. But if you can't, don't tune in. Nothing can happen. Amen? But a Romans 8 company, the difference is they're tuned in. They're tuning into what God's doing. They're aware of it. But see, if you're living under the law of sin and death, what happens? The word comes and you walk away from it and nothing's changed. But if your spirit is alive on the inside, God will speak to you and something will change on the inside. Amen? And that means that you're already part of that company. But God wants to stir you this morning into action because he's going to do something in and through this company. Here are some thoughts that are going to help us in preparation over these weeks that come. Firstly, we can understand what living in the Spirit means. We can understand it. We're called to live in the Spirit. We're called to walk in the Spirit. We are called to bear the fruits of the Spirit. So we can understand, say that, we can understand what it means to live in the Spirit. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, it says, The natural man cannot receive the things of God, for they are foolishness to him. Warning, warning. The natural man, do you know what? I am a natural man. You are a natural man or a natural woman. You are. One or the other. There's no variances in between. Make up your mind. Just adding that little bit of help there for you. Is that all right? <laughs> Hebrews 4.12 says, For the Word of God, come on kids, is sharper than any two-edged sword. Was that source or sword? Piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and joints and marrow. So we are made up of joints and marrow and soul and spirit. And the sword of the spirit is the word of God, pierces to, to the division. In other words, when the Word of God gets activated in our life, we move from the realm of the soul and we start to stand in the Spirit. Is this good? 
You've got to learn it. You've got to become sharp in it. Because the days are wild. According to the scripture, we need to redeem the time because the days are evil. Doesn't mean everything about the generations are evil, but there's something going on in our world where you've got to learn this. You've got to know what is soul and spirit. You've got to know what is joints and marrow. You've got to know where the line is. So, you know, from my perspective as a leader and as a worship leader, I know, I've got to know where that line is. Because there is a line where we cross from the soul realm, from the natural realm, into the spirit. This is very cool. Elijah learnt this pathway. Do you know what? Elijah never went the way of the grave. He went the way of the spirit. Can you listen to this? Because you need to know this. Elijah did not go the way of the grave. He went the way of the spirit. In other words, when it was time for him to be received up, he was a bit like Jesus. But the chariots came and he just stepped out of the natural realm and into the spirit realm. Those two realms are so real. And we need to know, like we will never understand the kingdom of God until we understand the difference between the flesh and the spirit, the soul and the spirit. What is flesh and what is not? Because we're called to live there. Now we can understand what living in the Spirit means. We can learn to walk there. Say that. We can learn to walk there. We can learn to think there. We can learn to live there. But still most people in this era will say, where is there? It's like this. There is like a curtain. And on this side, it's like I am a natural man. I am. But when I come to praise and worship, I step through the veil and I'm in the presence of God. We've got to learn this. Do you know what? There is a way that is pleasing to God and I've got to find that way. It is the pathway into the Spirit that I need to find. And as the father of my house, I need to lead my children there. Let me tell you, the education system has no mandate or responsibility to teach your children the reality of the kingdom of God. So we need to learn to be aware that there is an unseen realm and I can enter into it. Why else would the Spirit of the Lord has said to John on the Isle of Patmos, come up here. Now, the natural man, he can't receive this. He can't get it. He hears a message like this and he goes, well, I just didn't, that just doesn't relate. That is because you have no consciousness of the unseen realm. God called us as sons and daughters of, of God to relate with this realm. So number one, we can learn it. We can learn it. And I pray this morning that God would activate something on the inside of you that would give you a passion for this. You know, um, Pastor Steve and myself, we shared an early mentor who taught us how to, how to walk this pathway. His name was Clark Taylor. He's a real father in the faith. But he taught you. He would show you. And you know, I tell you, when young people experience this, they'll never doubt God ever again. Do you know why a lot of kids will walk away from church? Because all we showed them was natural. Natural home, natural love, natural church. Natural relationships, everything's natural. But we never, ever got to the other side of the veil ourselves, so we couldn't lead them there. Do you know what? Every dad needs a gift of leadership to lead his sons and daughters into the presence of God. 
I am a priest in my home. And if I don't stand up and lead my family there, I can't expect my wife to, as good a woman as she is. Because the responsibility, the right falls on me. I'm not saying she can't. I'm saying I can't expect her to. Number two, we can continually set our mind right. We can continually set our mind. Now listen to this, it's in verse 5. It says, for those who live according to the flesh, set their minds according to the flesh. For those that set their minds, for those that live according to the flesh, set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. This is a great key, because you see, just like you, you've got 24 hours in the day, and your mind is set to operate a certain way. Positive, negative, good, bad, clean, unclean, positive, faith, unbelief, your mind is programmed in a certain way. And it comes on how you set your mind. You've got to learn to reset your mind and to renew your mind. Because, you know, if you were just set on survival and you were set on retirement and you were set on a good life, they're just the things of the flesh. I'm all for those things but they are the things of the flesh. But when you set your mind on the things of the Spirit, I am setting my mind on the kingdom of God and what He wants in my life. What He wants to fulfill through my life. So I've set my mind on the things of the Spirit. It's a mindset. But see, the natural mind can't receive the things of God. Now, in this room, you will have a zero to ten spectrum, right, for every person. And zero to one is natural mind. And, zero, and nine and ten is a spiritual mind. And everyone in the room can score themselves where they are. When I started, I was natural, I was so natural. But my, my mentor at the time, the one I mentioned, he helped me, pushed me through that veil. It's a rather interesting story I will choose not to tell right now. I didn't really like because there was a bit of a manifestation in the flesh. Remember how Pastor Clark used to work someone over at ministry school every year? Steve? I was the guy. But he showed me the other side, and I thank God for it. We need to continually set our mind. You know, some people are so naturally minded, particularly people that are into numbers, people very literal, black and white people. Often their mind is so set in a natural realm, but they can't. But do you know what? Others have learned, they've developed the faculty of the Spirit where they can focus on God, His Word, and what He wants for His life. So one day I'm having a cup of coffee over the street with Lynn, and it was just a natural time with my wife. And all of a sudden I've moved from that realm into the Spirit, and God showed me this building. So you've got to know, you've got to be able to find that pathway into the Spirit. It's got a different mindset. We can continually set our mind right. Every day we need to get up and set our mind right. Do you know what? I've been prone during my life to low mood. I've had episodes of depression. And one of the things I've had to learn to do, I've had to learn to do this, is set my mind right. Because quite often when you have low mood, and depression, do you know why? One of the reasons is your mind is set wrong. Our mind needs to be set right. And we've got to work on it. I tell you, your greatest enemy can be your mind or your greatest asset. But when your mind 
become set on the things of God. In other words, we begin to aim our mind the same way God has, we'll have breakthroughs. We can renew our minds so that we can cooperate with God. That is Romans chapter 12, verse 3. And in the message a couple of weeks ago, I spoke about 2 Corinthians 4, 18. The outward man is perishing, the inward man is being renewed day by day. We don't look at the things that are seen. We look at the things that are unseen. So as you're getting older, you can think, man, I'm not that well set up for retirement. I've got no superannuation. I'm, you know, got pains all over the place. But if you learn to look to God, those older years can be your most fruitful years of increase, years of great productivity. You've just got to learn to look not at the things that are seen as much as you look at the things that are unseen. Everybody sees a storm out there, but we see the kingdom of God coming near. We see the harvest coming near because we are looking, we are living for something different. This is how we call to live. Amen? You like that? So we can set our mind right. You know, sometimes our minds can be set like concrete, all mixed up and hard. But God wants to sort that out. He wants to change the way we think every day. The further we go, we entertain the possibilities of what God can do. Number three, we can learn to live from the life of Christ in us. This is a real trick, key, a real key. Verse 11, if the same Spirit raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will give life to your mortal bodies. If the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead, dwells in you. That's what it means to be born again. This is not a lesser spirit. God has not given us a lesser spirit than he did Christ himself. It's the same spirit that raised him from the dead. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead needs to fill your heart and your mind and influence your thinking. If the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, He will give life to your mortal bodies. He'll stir you to life. I've watched this with my spiritual father, Jonathan David, who was pretty much told to forget ministry, forget doing conferences. Your body won't handle it. Do you know what he did? He did. He has not quit. He is a soldier because he believes this stuff. He preaches this stuff. You've got to be aware of what's on the inside of you. What's on the inside? Do you know what's on the inside from the minute you were born again? The Spirit of Christ dwells on the inside. And now I can live my life from the outside in, that is all the circumstances, all the stuff that's going on out there. Or I can live from, my, from the inside out, from Christ out. In Galatians chapter 2.20, Paul said, It's no longer I that live, but it's Christ that lives in me. And the life that I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave his life for me. So do you know what? They could hold a gun to his head. Well, they didn't have guns then, but they stoned him, they flogged him, they put him in prison. And at the end, he said, it's no longer I that live anyway, it's Christ that lives in me. And the life I live, I live by faith. Do you know what? You're unstoppable. But if you're living in the flesh, you think, oh, I'm just going to die. I'm too old. I'm not going to have any, you know, future, no hope. And you just think, natural. But hang on, God's doing something here. What's going on on the inside? I don't know whether it's just me 
But every time I get pushed against the wall, it seems to make me stronger. Every time somebody accuses me, it's like some strange download onto the inside of me makes me more resilient. Do you know why? It's Christ on the inside. If you have received Christ, then the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. But to some people who claim to be Christians, it hardly know because they're still living from the outside in. They're still looking out there for a sign. Jesus said, don't look for a sign. Do you know what the greatest sign is, is what's going on on the inside? I'm born again. I've experienced the Holy Spirit. I'm being changed day to day from glory to glory. I'm getting better. The enemy's gone crazy in this generation, but the church of the living God is really starting to make its mark. I tell you, you can tell now who's real and who's not. Three questions you'll find, one probably, but you know who's real and who's not. The same spirit, not a lesser spirit. Some of you think, oh, I couldn't have that spirit that raised Jesus. Yeah, well, that spirit raised him right out of the tomb. That crucified body was raised up. Full on, Holy Ghost power, it was an endowment from on high. And that's what happened in the upper room. That same spirit, say that, that same spirit filled everybody in the room. And that's why when we're singing this morning, let me take you further. Because you might not have the same revelation I have, and I don't expect you to, but if you're part of this, we're going there together. We're going higher. We're going deeper. And we cannot in this time settle for anything less than a full download from above. Nothing else is going to change the world. Nothing else is going to change the world because the corrupt are firmly rooted and grounded. And it'll take a church rising to change that. Number four this morning, we need to continually make the right choice. If you live according to the flesh, the Bible says, do you know what it says? Firstly, good news. If the same spirit raised is on the inside of you, good news. But if you live according to the flesh, you'll die. In other words, there's decisions we make every day that are either causing life or they're causing death. Decisions. Decisions made for natural reasons are producing death. Death in myself. Death in our relationships. Even death in our children's spiritual life. But day by day, I can turn it around and I can continually live according to the Spirit. Do you know what? I can make a decision for the Spirit of God today and tomorrow change my mind. That means I'm living according to the flesh. But if I make a decision, a quality decision today to live according to the Spirit, I blow it tomorrow. And on Tuesday, I come back and I go, God, you know. And then as the time goes by, we learn to live according to the Spirit. We learn to live there. It's not just come up here for a visit now. I'm living there in the Spirit. Number five, we need to continually allow Him to lead us. Lead us. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they're the sons of God. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they're the sons of God. Our heart needs to be able to respond quickly to what God is saying. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they're the sons of God. But others are led by their own priorities, their own objectives, their own life, their own will. They're living in the what realm? The flesh. 
For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, we need to learn how to be led by the Spirit. We need to get ourselves under Spirit-led leadership because the two are very important because that's how you learn to follow the voice of the Lord. Hope you all join in for the School of the Spirit next Monday night. Not tomorrow, but next Monday night because we're going to be talking about this, not only to our own uh, Gippsland guys, but to different people from across Victoria now. We need to continually allow him to lead us. This is how you know if someone's a son, a daughter, so soft in their response to God. The failure of contemporary Christianity is we don't even ask God. We make the decision and we consult later. Isn't that right? And that is why the church in the nation is on the back foot. But God's raising up a Romans 8 company who've got a heart. God, just speak to me. Just lead me. Show me the pathway. Number six, we let the spirit of adoption do his complete work. Romans 8 company. The son of God became the son of man. Listen to this, such a powerful statement. I don't know who said it. But you always think, is it, can this be right? But this is right. The son of man, the son of God became the son of man so that we could become the sons of God. The Son of God became the Son of Man so that we could become the sons of God. Do you know what? God wants to finish the work of adoption in your life. He wants to finish the work that was started when we acknowledged Christ. When we received Christ, we were saved. But the spirit of adoption, which is the Holy Spirit is going to finish the work of bringing us to be true sons and daughters. That's what this is all about. Many sons, many daughters in the house. Many sons, many daughters. We are predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, Romans chapter 8. God wants to make you... Not just a child of God, but he wants to make you his very own daughter, his very own son. How powerful is that? My job as a leader is to help the process, to give context to the process, to empower the process. And we all need to be part of that. Because the spirit of adoption has got to do its complete work in you. Do you know what? The sons of Sceva, they saw what the sons of God were doing. They tried to cast out a devil. And the devil just looked at him and said, Jesus I know, Paul I know, but who the blazes are you? Don't go picking fights with big demons too early. We need one another. We need one another. Now, I'll tell you, every child of God has the same authority that Jesus has. But we've got to grow into that place. And this is where the spirit of adoption does its work. Because the spirit of adoption begins to cut off what is not profitable. Amen? No point in trying to get someone set free from, you know, uh, a major problem if that major problem exists in you. But the spirit of adoption cuts away the things of the flesh so that we can live as sons and daughters of God. You're called to be his very own son, his very own daughter. That's your future. If we get this part right, everything else will flow. 
You know, when I was coming through, I used to talk about my ministry. I thought it was all about that. And I was focused on that. And you know what? Every one of us in this room have a ministry. But if we really grow in the dimensions of sonship, our ministry will surely come and will last a lot longer because God's looking for sons. How the ambition for ministry has burnt so many people to the ground. See, the whole of the earth is not waiting for just more ministers. According to verse 19, the whole of the earth is waiting for the revealing of the sons of God. Waiting for a manifestation. You know, this is our time in this generation because everything's manifesting. Aren't they? Just say something. Give your opinion on Facebook. Bang, you watch. Hit go. It's game on. Manifestation. But this is time for the sons and daughters of God to be revealed. This Romans 8 company that God is raising up. That's what this church is. It's not the only one. But the spirit of adoption at work in the house is bringing many sons and many daughters to maturity and to strength and stature. Let the spirit of adoption do his work. Number seven, we can learn to partner with Jesus in every area of our life. And this is the most important part of this message this morning is that we can learn to partner with Jesus in every area of our life. This is the key. If you can partner with Jesus just rather than just being you, funny people, try and get there on our own, try and sort it out on my own, but we were never called to be like that. But you can partner with Jesus in every area of your life. Here's a couple. Number one, you can partner with him in prayer. Do you know what? This is the key to answered prayer. Romans 8.26, for we do not know how to pray as we ought. Do you always know how to pray? You know, I've got family things happening and I have not prayed because I just haven't been able to because I haven't known. But there comes a time when you break through. For we do not know how to pray as we ought, but the Spirit makes intercession on the inside for us with groanings that cannot be uttered. This is the Spirit on the inside. It's me and the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Christ on the inside, partnering together to pray for an outcome. Do you know what? If you could learn this, we'd be turning off all the entertainment and we'd be doing a whole lot more partnering with the Holy Spirit. I tell you, when you begin to realize that you are not alone and you are God's absolute covenant partner in prayer, God will answer your prayers in ways that you never thought possible. Even the government can change if the church learns this. This is how we change the world. We don't know how to pray for our city, but the Spirit makes intercession according to the will of God on the inside of us and bit by bit, do you know what I really believe we need to do? Walk the streets near our house and intercede for the people. Walk the corridors of our workplace and intercede on the inside. It was great when we were wearing our masks. I used to fairly go for it at work. Now just go into the toilet. Intercession time. If we learn to step into the realm of partnering with Jesus in prayer, our world, our neighborhood can change. 
I reckon it would be really good for us to get out and walk the footpaths and intercede. Don't accept people slipping away from Christ as they enter eternity. We can't let that happen. And we often can't do much about it. But we can pray. And we can intercede. And intercession's like a groaning on the inside. God, do something. It's like that. You can't find the words. But God, his spirit on the inside is going to change everything. So we can partner with Jesus in every way. Do you know what? We can partner with Jesus in suffering. This is a really fun part of the message, this part. Australians hate suffering. And when we begin to suffer, we think something's gone dreadfully wrong. Not always. Not always. Suffering comes with the territory. It comes with the turf. It comes with people who will serve God wholeheartedly. It comes with people who choose to be a Romans 8 company. But do you know what? It comes anyway. So you may as well partner with Jesus in your suffering. Do you know what? After 30 years, I'm still here. I just love this. But I tell you, there's a bit of suffering along the way. Some of it was self-inflicted. And then some of you inflicted a whole lot more on me. <laughs> Is that right, Pastor Steve? Can you relate to that? <laughs> it's going, I'm not getting into this argument. We can partner with the sufferings. Do you know what this is what the Bible says? The sufferings of this time. Listen to this. The sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared to the glory which is going to be revealed in us. Amen? So, this morning, you've made some big belly-ups, some bad mistakes. Who cares? You've had some suffering and some loss. It's all part of the territory. But you're in big company because God is doing a work. And you know, he ain't finished. He's just started. He has just started with his church. In the next couple of weeks, particularly between now and Pentecost. Will you do me a favour? Will you be on time? Will you make an extra effort? Will you make an effort to really be here? And when you're here, in this next couple of months, will you make an effort to really be present in the worship? And in the next couple of months, will you begin to really just reach out to your neighbourhood and maybe walk the neighbourhood and pray for the people in there? And man, you might not be able to reach them, you mightn't have a clue. But I guarantee if that we refocus our life like this, we will begin to see a breakout. God's going to do something. This morning, you have the power to receive. Every one of us in the room, I know just about all of you this morning, every one of us in this room have the power to receive. To as many as received him, he gave them the right to be called children of God. I hope everyone here has received him. Really received him. If you haven't, just as we stand to sing, just make your way to the front. If you want to recommit this morning to the Lord, if you want to just Make sure, if you've been on the outside and you just want to recommit, then this is the place. Come down here, stand here. We're all friends down here, every one of us. Nobody is going to judge anybody. Come and stand and find him and recommit.
Number two, you've also been given the grace to become. You've been given the grace to become. To as many as received him, he gave them the right to be called children of God. There's a lot of children of God in the kingdom. But in this time, we want to become that Romans 8 company. Mature sons and daughters. These are the ones that God can just move them like that. So anyone wants to come this morning and stand, why don't we just stand?